Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn. And today, my very special guest is Mr. Ben Munoz from Nadine West. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Great to have you. So Ben and I have been friends for many years, I think 10 years, 12 years. We also started Ben's Friends, the nonprofit for patient support communities together. Uh, But that's a different story. We're going to talk about Ben's real job, which is Nadine West. Ben started Nadine West probably three or four years ago. And uh, it's an awesome site. I'm actually a personal investor in the company. Very, very happy to be a personal investor. And uh, Ben and Nadine West are also clients of Cruise Consulting, so wanted to have them on. But Ben, maybe tell the, the quick background on Nadine West, how you got involved. Yeah, sure. So it's a very unconventional story. Um, I don't have a background in apparel or e-commerce. And the way that I got here is... Uh, is unconventional, but I think there's a lot of patterns that you can see and uh, a common thread running through both Ben's friends as well as uh, the startup Nadine West. So I went to Kellogg's Business School with Scott. That w- that's where we first met and have been friends since ooh back in 2005, I think. Um, uh, that's what seems. It yeah. seems very. We're we're getting up there. Yeah, we were. We are. Before we before we started recording, we were both talking about how tired and old we looked uh, on video. So you can visualize the two very uh, two young young people yeah. meeting, becoming friends. <laughs> or or you can think uh, think that this is only an audio podcast, and you don't have to look at us. <laughs> yeah. So after Kellogg, actually during Kellogg, the reason for starting Ben's friends was because I had a, a brain aneurysm that ruptured. And uh, and so I took a, a detour from the typical business career, and I went to medical school for a couple of years. And in my first year of medical school, my friend Sidney, who's the co-founder at Nadine West, and we'd worked on some ventures before, he uh, had proposed to me an idea, and he just needed help with it. And I'm more of the tech guy than he is, so I helped him build the website, uh, build the initial website, just to see if the the proof of concept was going to be worth pursuing. And uh, I did it on the evenings and weekends while I wasn't studying for uh, medical school exams. And so we built it and spent a little bit of money advertising on Facebook. Um, This was, I guess, 2013, I believe. Immediately, there were customers that loved the concept. The concept was you uh, would sign up with Nadine West, you would give us your credit card and fill out a style profile, and then we would send you an outfit every single month, and uh, no risk to you, whatever you kept, we would charge you for whatever you didn't like, you would return, and the postage would be included, everything would be included in the service, and uh, we'd try to do a better job the next month of styling you. And yeah, so even for the very first day, it was immediately it. We haven't changed the business model since. There's been an explosion in subscription services since, um, but this was the, our unique variation of that. And so we operated that and we kind of improved it. It was At first, it was just a WordPress page um, with some very simple credit card processing. And uh, that's all that was needed. But eventually, things got bigger and bigger. And I started helping Sydney out with more systems and infrastructure. Uh, We built a customer service platform. We started to build an inventory management platform in-house. And then it just got too, too busy that I had to make a decision. So I asked the dean of medical school if I could take a year off to help my friend launch this company. And she said, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And so uh, I took a year off. I packed up 
uh, my belongings. Uh, this is, I was a broke medical student at the time, and so I packed everything up into a pickup truck, drove from Houston to Austin, um, set up shop. We got a little a warehouse, which was actually a metal barn in the backyard of somebody's house, and we just went to work packing and shipping, and that was three years ago, and I haven't returned to medical school, and we've now grown from the two of us packing and shipping in that barn to a team. We've got 30 people, uh, half of here in the warehouse and the rest abroad, working to build Nadine West into the special company that we think it can be. That's an amazing story. There's, there's a ton to unpack there. I want to talk about how you guys took the big data approach to picking out the right styles and things like that, but... The, the reason, aside from just doing the Ben's Friends journey then, of course, I would invest and trust anything you, you will do in life. But I still remember you, before you raised any money whatsoever, you did something that's legendary, which I've told many of the cruise consulting CEOs when they complain about not having enough money or things like that. Uh, do you want to tell that story about your apartment? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just, uh, I knew there was something there. And I had belief in my business partner, my co-founder, Sydney, and I had belief in myself. I just, I don't know, it's not like I was this risk-taking guy, but I knew that there was something really here and it was worth it. So I sold my, uh, I rented my condo out to uh, to free up some cash and instead uh, of living there, I, li- I slept on the floor of the warehouse for six months on a futon. So this was before we had warehouse employees <laughs> that, you know, that would come in in the mornings. It was just me and Sydney at the time, but that's exactly what I did. It was on the futon, and I had uh, a suitcase of clothing uh, on one end of the futon and, like, a little mini fridge on the other. And every morning I would get up and I would pack and ship in the mornings, get everything out by lunchtime. In the afternoon I would write code or I would help Sydney out with marketing or we would try to process incoming inventory um, just so that we could get some initial traction and save all the precious investor capital or even before that our credit card balances uh, so that we could use it on uh, inventory. So to reiterate, you slept on the floor of the office for six months so that you could fund the company. I mean, that is, I still think one of the most amazing things I've ever heard from a founder. And I, when you told me that, I was like, well, of course I'm going to invest in this company. Like if you're hmm. willing to make those kind of sacrifices, like, yeah. of course I'm going to do it. And kudos to you, man. Like I, I mean, when we were building cruise consulting in the early days, I made a lot of sacrifices and Vanessa's made way more sacrifices than me, but that is, um, that's next level stuff. Yeah. You know, that's incredibly impressive. Thank you. Um, I mean, even before we found the warehouse, I lived in my truck. I lived in the backseat of my car for a month. That's how extreme I got. That's how much I believed in Sydney and in myself and in the idea. And I knew it wasn't just, I knew it was just temporary. I knew it was just, okay, who cares? This is uh, super temporary. It's nothing glamorous. My dating life, of course, was going to be non-existent, but <laughs> I, uh, I knew that it would pay off. Yeah, and it has. It has. Well, there's, you know, I, as I was telling you before we started recording, I read your investment newsletter yesterday. And one thing I'm always impressed with, well, maybe, maybe um, talk a little bit more about, before talking about customer service and focus on customers, talk a, a little bit more about what Nadine West is sending its clients every month. Like what, what's, so people can visualize what you're doing. Every month, depending on the service, the plan you pick, uh, it might be every two weeks. 
but at least it's every month. Uh, our customers will get a curated outfit. It's not even a, it's an outfit. And it has uh, two articles of clothing usually and two accessories, jewelry, necklaces, bracelets, scarves. And the prices are very affordable. I think uh, if uh, your readers are familiar or your viewers are familiar with Stitch Fix, that is the big name in our industry. And so we're an alternative to, to Stitch Fix and we have a, a similar close to identical business model, but we target a very different con uh, consumer. Ours is the middle income consumer. And so we have to have to have to keep our prices affordable. So we send an outfit that is affordable, that, is, that it's trendy, it's quality clothing. Um, it's similar to, uh, uh, to like a Zara, same, similar Zara, H&M, right around that price point and quality. The important thing is that they don't have to keep anything. So that what's, that's what makes our company logistically different, is that if you have a fashion subscription service, there's hundreds and hundreds of them, and they just send you stuff. Uh, they keep on sending you stuff, sending you stuff, uh, until you cancel. And it used to be only startups and that had this service. And so recently it's been a big deal because especially Amazon's really crushing everybody and Stitch Fix has now proven a different kind of model. And so now there's a lot of attention on this space. And so a lot of the Fortune 500 bricks and mortar retailers are starting to get into this. But there aren't that many companies out there doing our model, which is that you only have to keep what you love. Everything else you can send back and we make it incredibly easy because we include a mailer and a postage label, which is uh, which is post office. And it's not UPS, which makes it even easier. You don't even have to schedule a pickup. Just drop it in your mailbox and your friendly postman comes and picks it up. It's incredible. And it's it's I love how like even your business model is connected and pro pro consumer, you know, like I just love how that's like courses through every aspect of the business like Every time you send the investors anything, it talks about how much you care about your employees and how much you care about the customers. And you see that. Like, I see YouTube videos of people raving about Nadine West, and I see it, the Instagram posts and things like that. It's super, it's super exciting what you've been able to build. How, how did you kind of get this religion around customer service and, and focus on the customer? It's just our core value is that we don't want to – who do we care about? Why do we build this company? Uh, it was to build something special. It wasn't like there was no monetary goal that we wanted to hit. It was because we generally enjoy uh, building interesting and great things. And uh, like what, what you and I did with Ben's friends, there's you know we're not getting any money out of it. It's just because we enjoy building something special. And so that's the same exact thing that we're doing with Nadine West. We want to build it into the kind of company that customers love, that customers love to buy from, employees love to work for, and investors love to be associated with. It's just uh, that our that's a that's a long term view, and I think we could chase growth and we could chase revenue and we could chase uh, some vanity metrics in the short term. But over the long term, um, unless you're making your customers happy and your employees happy, you don't have a company that's built to last, which is one of my favorite books. I love it. And I've seen you do this in practice. So it's really cool. Now, one of the things I talked about a little bit earlier was you're, you're like really like you're the MBA who also has a computer science background. And so you started seeing like all these clothes getting returned and started actually putting the pieces together of like, hey, I think we can do this in a more efficient way and f actually use big data to figure out what people actually like. Can you talk about that initiative and, and how you built that? Yeah, 100%. So this is where 
one of the benefits of being a newbie in an industry or whatever, right? You don't you don't have the the biases or the best practices to weigh you down as baggage. You just look at something with open with completely brand new set of eyes. So I don't have an apparel background. I don't have a retail background. Before I started building the first version of the inventory management system, I didn't even know what a SKU was. I had to Google what is a SKU. Um, <laughs> so it's like okay, we're figuring out as we go, but. We don't have any of the baggage. So if I were going to build an inventory management system, how would I build it so that it could be fast, efficient, it wouldn't occupy a ton of working capital, um, we could do a good job of uh, only buying products that we know are going are gonna to be sold, and so we have a really fast turnaround, uh, really high inventory turnover. Um, so that's the trend nowadays with like H&M and Zara. The reason they've been able to dominate in in retail is because they such have such fast turnover. Like Zara, I think, can get something from the runway to the stores in a matter of weeks. And then you get these big box retailers that they're buying a year ahead. So how can you possibly predict what's going to be a year in advance? So we set the system up to be very data-driven. We set the company up to be very data-driven. So there's two components, right? We have a we call it like a heart as big as Texas. We really, really care. But then on the other side, we're incredibly, you know, we've got propeller heads just figuring out this stuff. And we're just like oh, constantly, how can we make it more efficient, more efficient, more efficient, eliminate waste, like Toyota production system style. And uh, how we buy inventory and how we uh, run the warehouse is all run by a bunch of analytics and constant pushing the envelope forward in terms of can we improve the metrics that's amazing and and you guys have the advantage of like one of the co-founders you being just super strong technically and you're able to recruit a lot of good technical people too into the company which i, I would imagine is usually pretty hard for a retailer yeah we've have we've had a uh, brick and mortar partners that one of the reasons they love us is because we're so strong in the analytics and then they're asking us to it's just shocking. They're asking us to help improve their inventory management systems because they can't hire the kind of technical talent at their size that that we have already. And uh, it's been a tremendous competitive advantage having a very lightweight, like SWAT team of just brilliant computer science people. You touched on this. Another great aspect of the business is that instead of you're not you're not focusing on like the one percenters. You know, you're focusing on the the broad swath of the U.S., you know, people who are working, working families, you know, people who want something nice, uh, but also needs to be affordable. Like, how did you how did you zero in on that target market? A little bit of strategy and a little bit of luck. The luck was that because we had very little capital invested, we had to make it stretch. So we had to get as many pieces as possible of clothing. And you can't do that when you're focusing on high end. So that's the luck component. The strategy component was who else is out there and who are they targeting? And so we initially, I mean, it was obvious that every startup out there goes for the high margin item, the high margin customer, and they they have this... I don't not not I don't know if it's a blind spot because I'm sure they're aware of it, but it's just so incredibly difficult to make money on lower priced items, and it's so much harder that they figure, well, why do we have to when the the entire space is wide open? So they go straight for the upscale, high pro, high high margin customer, and we have strategic decision to continue to focus on uh, who what the underrepresented consumer, not only in price point but also even in plus size. 
Uh, I know that's an un another, I mean, now it's a little bit less underrepresented in terms of uh, company targeting, but I know we're, we're happy to, to offer something for everybody. That's awesome, Ben. What's the future hold for you guys? Like, where you, where is it? I know you're just like, especially from working with you at Ben's Friends, you're just like a, a, a straight, cold-blooded executor. Like you just love, nothing makes you happier than solving problems and continue to execute. And you're, you're not a big, you know, get caught up in the big vision kind of guy. But like, what are you guys working on over there? I mean, you're 100% right. Execution, execution. I'm an operations operator guy. I think probably it would be good if I were a little bit more glamour and fame and PR focused. But I'm a little bit more focused on internal. Um, so I'll keep on focusing on that. Just keep on, I think, we just want to double and double and double again. And and I think that that'll give us the opportunity to continue to build something really special here and make our employees proud, our shareholders proud. Yeah, just more of the same, I think. Uh, any Any advice for the budding entrepreneurs out there who are, you know, so dedicated they're willing to sleep in their car for a month and then the office for six months like what do you what do you i'm sure people come up to you and ask you questions about doing a startup or being an entrepreneur like what kind of advice do you give people there's tons of advice i would say i didn't have in-person mentors i know people uh, really emphasize how important they are but if you don't have in-person mentors books I read books after, you know, just tons of books. I probably read a book a week. There's just so much to be gained from reading how Sam Walton built his empire and how Tony Shea built his Zappos empire and Jeff Bezos built his Amazon empire. And so if you if you read books and you think independently and, um, yeah, stay focused on your customers, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, the Amazon book was one of my favorite books of all time. I just finished that like six months ago. And yeah. I'm reading, I'm just starting Sam Walton, and I'm reading the Nordstrom's book on customer service right now, which is really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're blessed to have a really good partner in Sydney. What did you see in Sydney that made you want to partner up with him and, and take the leap? Um, his, that he thinks independently. He's always questioning the mainstream. He's always questioning common sense which is not so common. He's always uh, questioning conventional thinking. He won't just accept an answer as given. He'll go and test it for himself. And, you know, I think those lead to insights, which lead to competitive advantages, which over the long term accumulate and lead to successful business. Yeah, I totally agree. And he's a great guy. Well, cool, man. Well, this has been fantastic. Let me, can you tell the audience where to find Nadine West and, and how to get in touch if they're interested? Absolutely. So uh, probably the best place to find us is NadineWest.com. I'm pretty easy to get in touch with. You can also find, uh, find us on Facebook or um, you can find me personally on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, NadineWest.com. Cool. You guys have a big Facebook presence. Yes. You also have a great YouTube presence, which... I was like, it's just crazy how how many fans you have out there who are recording videos and talking about Nadine and us. It's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. We love our customers. All right, man. Well, thank you for spending the time. Really appreciate it. And kudos to you and best of luck in the future. All right. Thank you. All right, bro. Take care. Okay, bye.